Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Awesome. Let me pray, Lord, I ask that you would come according to Song of Solomon 1. You would come in this room right now, Jesus. We invite you again. Come and kiss us with the kisses of your word. For your word and your love are better than wine. Jesus, I pray that your word today in Isaiah 62 would be better to our souls than that glass of wine. Lord, than any intoxicating thing the world could offer us. I pray right now that your word would become better to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah 62. Last week, my dad, Pastor Glenn, preached a comprehensive message that I believe gave us a 30,000-foot view of God's heart for Israel and how we, as a spiritual family, can partner with this heart during this upcoming Isaiah 62 fast. I want to encourage any who may have missed that message to go back on the website and give it a listen at some point over the next week. I believe this message will inspire your heart as you pray and consider your own personal involvement and engagement level in this fast that we are starting next Sunday, May 7th. Well, for this morning, I plan to zoom us down from that 30,000-foot view in order to hone in on the chapter of the Bible where this fast derives its name from. That is, of course, Isaiah 62. My whole goal this morning is to simply allow the Word of God to do its work in our hearts as a church family. Guys, I'll tell you plainly, I am not powerful. I'm in touch with my weakness every single day. I'm not powerful, but God's Word is extremely powerful. I'm not convincing, but God's Word is convincing. I can't make you, Samuel, see the wonders of Isaiah 62, but the Holy Spirit sure can. This morning, and hopefully every message that we give, we will be fully leaning on the Spirit's ability to bear witness to His own inspired Word in the hearts of us as His people. God himself is always the best motivator in the room. And again, my goal is to simply yield to his motivating power, the motivating power of his word. So with this in mind, let's read these verses now from Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62, 1 through 3, and then we'll skip to 6 and 7. It'll be up on the screen right here. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. This is the Lord speaking. 
For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness, Jewish people, and all the kings of the earth shall see your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. So the Lord still speaking. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, every follower of the Lord, do not keep silent. Don't shut up. And give the Lord no rest until he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. (laughs) So for the remainder of this morning, Lord willing, we're going to look at each phrase of these verses here in detail and just allow the truths contained in them to inspire us to action. Isaiah 62, 1, let's jump right in. Again, this is the Lord speaking in the first person through Isaiah. He says this, For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until, everyone say until. Until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. In this first verse, our God is peeling back the veil. He's being so transparent. He's showing us the deepest places of his beautiful burning heart. Our Lord is letting us know with extreme language here what it is that keeps him up at night and the subject that he can't stop talking about. And that is the subject of getting you a new car. No, it is the subject of his relentless desire and pursuit of the Jewish people. With all of his heart and with all of his soul, he's going to plant them forever in his kingdom. These are the ethnic descendants. I want to say ethnic. These are the ethnic descendants according to the flesh of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. (laughs) This first verse tells us plainly that God is never silent in heaven. He never shuts up in the spiritual realm concerning his heart's desire for the Jewish people and their glorious destiny that we're going to peer into today. The Lord informs us that he is always awake, eyes wide open to Jerusalem's happenings. He is constantly aware of all of her enemies and all of her advocates. Are you an enemy or an advocate of Jerusalem? There's not going to be any gray areas before the Lord returns. Again, according to this verse, God in a holy way is telling us that he is constantly speaking words of inspired prayer towards Israel. In heaven, right now, there is a constant reliable stream of perfect prayer for Israel. A constant stream of intercession from the lips of the great intercessor himself. 
the one named Jesus, the one who always lives to make intercession for us and the Jewish people. And God tells us here in verse 1 that this 24-7 stream of prayer is for one main cause. It's for the cause of Zion and Jerusalem. For Zion's sake. For Jerusalem's sake. Now, what is Zion? Zion is a specific geographical location on planet Earth. It's geography. It's a little hill. Just a little hill. Looks like one of our hills out here. Within the city limits of Jerusalem. It's not that spectacular in the natural. But in the spirit, Zion, why is it so important to God? Zion is the physical location on the earth, the spot where the tabernacle of David was located. Day and night worship for 33 years. And more importantly, it's the exact bullseye location for where Jesus' throne, the epicenter of his eternal government, will be established forever on that little hill. So essentially, God is saying in this verse, for the sake of the sight of my eternal throne and for the sake of the epicenter of my beauty and glory, I will not stay quiet. For the sake of the future sight, catch this, of the restored Garden of Eden, <laughs> I will not allow myself to take one minute's rest. He says, I'm not even going to close my eyes for a cat nap until my purposes for this city and her people are completed. God is going out of his way here to emphasize his zeal and commitment to this city and to its people by giving us these extreme phrases, never being quiet and never closing his eyes. Guys, I love his intensity. I love that our God is not casual about his name, about his fame, and about his glory. I love that our God is not casual about his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants according to the flesh. Guys, this is really good news for us in Austin, Texas in 2023. If our, think about it, if our God is this intense about his covenant with them, it means he is going to show us the same level of radical covenant commitment. Now, what exactly is the great intercessor incessantly praying for concerning Zion and Jerusalem? The last half of verse one tells us what is on the top of his 24-7 prayer list. Jesus, right now, is praying 24-7 in heaven and not sleeping one wink until, here's what it says, her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation goes forth as a lamp that burns. Her righteousness, imagine God's prayer list, her righteousness and her salvation are God's number one top bullet point of his prayer priority. 
Remember, my dad brought out last week, our God has priorities. Our God has priorities, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. This does not mean he loves the Jews any more than us. It just means that there is a sovereign order. I'm going to say order. There's a sovereign order and priority in his master plan and in his brilliant leadership. We don't get it fully, but he's God and we're not. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad I'm not God. That'd be really tough dealing with you 24-7 all the time. <laughs> dealing with myself 24-7. I can't even run my own life. <laughs> now, it's true. Her righteousness and her salvation are synonymous phrases here for the promise that one day, one day yet in the future, all of ethnic Israel, all of ethnic Israel, every single Jew that is alive on the earth will become saved having recognized and received Jesus as their true Messiah. Jesus is not going to stop praying and he won't take a nap until this is a tangible reality on the earth, until all Israel is saved. Amen. And what exactly will happen? I mentioned a little bit in the video. This is so exciting, guys. What exactly will happen when this becomes a reality when every Jew receives Jesus. According to this verse in Isaiah 62, this national salvation of Israel will cause a release of unprecedented spiritual light to the whole earth. There will be an unprecedented release of spiritual and natural beauty. We all love beauty. Shining forth with the maximum lumens possible. Spiritual and natural beauty shining with the maximum intensity from that little nondescript hill in the Judean mountains. In the book of Romans, Paul expands upon this and tells us that Israel's national salvation will cause life from the dead, the resurrection of the whole earth and the entire created order. People and trees and birds and everything is going to get a brand new start. And it's going to look like it was supposed to look like before Eve ate that apple. Life from the dead for the entire created order. Talk about a comprehensive global blessing attached to, to, to just one promise in the Bible. And that's why this promise is the Mount Everest of all prayer points. It's the Mount Everest. And this is why there are the most fierce demonic dragons raging against this prayer and promise becoming a reality. Never before, never before, think about it. Never before has an entire city, much less an entire ethnic people group, become radically 100% saved in a day. Never before has 100% of a collective nation walked in perfect purity and perfect righteousness. Never before in history have any eyes beheld this amount of unified light and love emanating from one people group 
and from one city. Well, according to this verse and many others, it's all over the Bible. It's going to happen. We can take this promise to the bank. We can't trust a lot of banks right now, but we can trust this bank. The bank of the Bible, amen? (laughs) Guys, an entire nation will be born again on a certain day yet in the future. An entire nation of Jewish hearts burning and shining with no impurities, no dust, no smudges on the windows of that lamp, the windows of their soul. Guys, it's going to be mind-blowingly beautiful and glorious. And it's going to be so worth the skipping of some meals over the next three weeks in order to partner with the great intercessor as we pray this reality throughout the fast. Unprecedented beauty, unprecedented truth, flowing from a unified people and a unified city. This is something to get excited about. (laughs) And again, this is what we are believing will become an expedited reality. I'm going to say expedited reality. That's what's going to happen because of our yes, Sharon Vernon, to Jesus during this upcoming fast. An expedited reality because we're saying yes here in Lakeway, Texas. We really matter. I'm going to say I matter. (laughs) Your words matter. For Zion's sake, we, we will not hold our peace. We will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, we will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. This is Jesus' dream. How about we lay down our own dreams for a minute and get into his dream? (laughs) That's what we do on fasts. (laughs) So let's keep going. Y'all ready to keep going? Let's keep going with the unveiled desire of God's heart for Israel with verse two. This is the Lord in verse two, still speaking to Israel, to the Jewish hearts. This is what he said. This is a promise. He's prophesying. Jesus is prophesying through Isaiah. He says, the Gentiles, every non-Jew, shall see your righteousness, and all the kings of the earth will see your glory. You, Jewish hearts, shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. God is saying here, plainly in verse 2, that one day, every non-Jewish person, who's non-Jewish? You can raise your hand. This will include you. Every non-Jewish person on earth will undeniably recognize and have to agree that the Jewish people have become utterly and completely righteous and pure. God is also saying here that every king, every president, every prime minister, every leader of every nation will also not be able to deny that the Jewish people in the city of Jerusalem are carrying and hosting and displaying the manifest, tangible glory of God on planet Earth 24-7. You know how that presence of God came during worship? It's still here. You know, it, 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 it waxes and wanes. 
based on our agreement, based on our songs, based on the Lord's sovereignty, it waxes and wanes. Well, one day there's going to be a city where it never waxes or it never wanes. It, it only waxes. It's 100% and then tomorrow it becomes somehow 105%. It just keeps growing because of the increase of this government, there will be no end. It never lifts. The manifest presence of God never lifts from one geography. That's what we're living for and that's what we're praying into. I want it to happen here, but guess what? It's not going to happen here in fullness before it happens there. It's going to start there. And we got to settle that. I'm believing for like maybe 23-7 here, as much as the Lord will allow. <laughs> Let's believe for that. But it's going to happen there 24-7. So cool. <laughs> the Lord then goes on to say in this verse that all of the Jews collectively will be getting a brand new name, a brand new identity. That's what that means. Just like so many of our heroes in the Bible got a new name after God gave them a new heart, so too will Israel get a brand new name after God does the Ezekiel 36 miracle. He takes out their heart of stone collectively and gives them a collective, tender, responsive heart of flesh. They're going to get a new name when that happens. Now, how are we, as Gentiles in Lakeway, supposed to respond to these truths from verse 2? Well, let me ask you this. How do we usually respond here in this church when just one person raises their hand to follow Jesus and gets a new name from God? How do we respond? We throw a party. We celebrate, we cheer, we clap. We talk about it on Testimony Tuesday. We shout, we dance. When just one Gentile soul around here gets set free from sin and Satan, we experience, as the people of God, real joy. Who experiences joy when they see someone getting baptized here in these waters? Yeah, that's real. Well, again, here we see in verse two that all the Jews alive will be getting a brand new name at their new birth in Christ. So I just imagine, what's our response? I just imagine God multiplying. I'm gonna say multiplying. Multiplying that joy that we experience from one baptism or one little raised hand. I imagine him multiplying that joy as millions of Jews get swept up into the kingdom. Millions of Israelites getting baptized in the River Jordan. Millions of God's chosen people getting an entirely fresh new start and an entirely new life as they collectively say yes to Jesus. So I believe this should be our response to verse two. Great future multiplied joy. And this, guys, this is real joy. This isn't stuffed joy, temporal joy, your, your soccer team, your football team, the Cowboys winning a game. This, that's so temporary. This is real joy that is worth, joy that is worth fighting for. You know, you got to fight for joy. Oh, you got to fight for it. Once you get it, it's worth it. Millions of Jews getting a brand new name, an entirely new identity in Christ. And we're going to get a chance to fight for this reality during the fast as we contend, as we wrestle with God for all of Jacob, which is a synonym for Israel, all of Jacob to be renamed Israel, prince with God, rulers with God, for all the Simons of the earth to become Peter's. 
for all the Abrams to become Abrahams. You're loving this, Becky. (laughs) So let's keep moving with verse three. Becky's just like, so cool. You got such a receptive heart. I love it. Let's all be like Becky. All right. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Let's go to verse three. (laughs) This is still the Lord prophesying over the Jewish people. He says this to them. He says, you, every Jew alive, shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of our God. A crown of glory and a royal diadem in the hand of our God. This is how God views, when he looks down from heaven, the future collective saved remnant of Israel. Now note this descriptor, royal. This word royal packs a lot of information in it. It speaks to Israel's leadership function for planet earth. Ever since God made a covenant with Abraham, the Jewish people have been entrusted with a unique leadership mantle for all of God's purposes in the earth, both past, present, and future. Israel is royal. They are royal. Israel is royal and that God, how and why are they royal? Because God sovereignly chose and appointed them to be the leaders of this one true faith that we have been graciously grafted into. Why am I a pastor? Why is my dad a pastor? We didn't choose it. Seriously, we did not choose it. That's what Hebrews says. No man takes his honor to himself. Guys, I am... If you saw my past, if you saw what I did before, there is no way I should be up here. No way. Absolutely no way. I was suicidal, alcoholic, womanizing, the worst. Because I'm going to use that. That, That's me. That was me. But guys, it's the same thing with Israel. Israel didn't choose it. God chose them. Here's what Paul says about Israel's royal leadership function and their stewardship of the spiritual riches of the one true God. Here's what he said in Romans 9. He says, My countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, get my numbers right, the giving of the law, the service of God, these all belong to the Jews. And the promises. Every promise in that Bible was first to the Jew. Of whom are the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, David, Moses, all our heroes, Gideon. And from whom, according to the flesh, the best gift came, Christ, who is overall the eternally blessed God. Amen. (laughs) For the last 4,000 years, the Jews, plain and simple, have been the royal leaders and propagators of God's truth and plan. We owe, we owe them. We owe their people an incalculable debt for their spiritual leadership. And ultimately, we owe them for giving us Jesus, the beloved of our souls. 
the best reality in the universe. We owe them. We're going to get a chance to pay them back with some prayers over the next three weeks. Right? That's the best way to pay them back. You can also give to Messianic Ministries with your money. We do as a church, we do as a family. It's the first place we give, because God said to. So peering back to verse 3 of Isaiah 62. If the Jewish people collectively, look at this. If the Jewish people collectively are God's crown of glory, meaning his special treasure, segula in the Hebrew, his special treasure, the first thing he would save in a fire, in a house fire. That's what that means. I believe we should take the same attitude and make them our crown of glory and our special treasure. The salvation of the Jewish people and the fact that they will be welcomed into his eternal presence when he returns, that should be an integral piece of our highest hope and our crown of rejoicing. This reality should be the macro ingredient of our greatest joy. Even now, with the saved Jewish souls themselves being our trophy, the thing we're fighting for, the thing we're working out for spiritually to get. And overall, according to verse three, go back to Isaiah 62. Overall, according to verse three, if the Jewish people are in the palm of God's hands, we too should choose to put them in the palms of our hands, just like we would gently hold a fledgling baby chick. Get that image in your mind. Gently holding a fledgling baby yellow chick or white fur, whatever fur you want to color. But in metaphorical form, this is essentially what we will be doing during this fast from May 7th to May 28th. <laughs> Maybe the, most, the three most important weeks of your life, for real. We will be gently holding the 14 million Jewish people worldwide in our hands, praying for their temporal protection and praying ultimately for their eternal salvation and destiny as the apple of God's eye. If they're the apple of his eye, they should be the apple of our eye. During this fast, guys, I want you to picture this. We'll be prophetically whispering and singing God's heart over them. We'll be daring to believe that our whispers from this little shopping center, our whispers and our songs of hope will help them to grow up into this fully pure, fully matured, fully bright, and fully glorious royal diadem in the hand of our God. Guys, when most of the world, picture this, most of the world is trying to squeeze this fledgling chick to crush her, to kill her, to destroy her, and ultimately to wipe her off the face of planet Earth with a nuclear bomb. See, Iran. Guys, we're going to be doing the opposite. <laughs> we're doing the exact opposite. We'll be nurturing her through prayer and speaking life over her until she sees herself for who God truly sees her as. Amen?
And this all leads us to verses six and seven, which are the cornerstone verses of this upcoming fast. These two verses contain a concise distillation of the core strategy of heaven to bring about the fullness of the times and the restoration of all things. These two verses right here hold the strategic key that God will use to unlock heaven's gates and send his son Jesus back to planet earth for his triumphal second coming. This is the key. I didn't make it, the Lord did. Kind of sounds like a silly strategy at the surface, for real. Not very powerful, but it's so, it's so, so powerful. And again, I'm not God, I'm not the leader, he is. He's better at this than me. <laughs> Let's read it. Isaiah 62, six and seven, still the Lord speaking. He says this, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. This is his strategy. Guys, right now, Jerusalem is not a praise in the earth. It is quite the opposite. Right now, Jerusalem is mainly a despised curse, full of greed, full of envy, full of jealousy, protests, hate for Jesus, hate for his plan, and hate for his people. Most of the nations of the world are raging against this little strip of land and this little city on top of a little hill in Israel. For some context, From 2015 to 2022, over the last seven years, catch this, the UN, the United Nations, has adopted 140 resolutions, mainly against Israel alone. 140 resolutions on Israel alone. Guess how many other resolutions they have against the 220 other nations of the world? 68. 140 to 68 140 against Israel, mainly against, 68 mainly against the other 220 nations combined. More than double the amount of rage against the Jewish people in the United Nations, which again, it's only a tiny country about the size of New Jersey. It's a country, catch this, that makes up less than 0.1% of the global population. 0.1% of the global population that is accounting for 67% of the United Nations hate. 0.1% of people causing 67% of the rage. Guys, what is this? This is disproportionate satanic rage against one ethnic group and one nation. Why? Why? Well, it's all because of this one simple reality. They are God's choice and they are central to God's plan. Satan hates God's choices and plans. You know, you're God's choice and Satan hates you and God has plans for your life and Satan hates those plans. Same thing with the Jews, just magnified times 140. (laughs) Satan hates God's choices and plans and therefore it's no wonder we see this level of demonic rage. Guys, got some bad news before I got good news. It's like the doctor, right? Before Jesus comes back, this hate is only gonna escalate. 
It's only going to increase. It's only going to get worse. And there lies the need for the Isaiah 62 fast, for watchmen on the wall, day and night prayer for Israel. Let's look at this final scene of rage before we hear the good news. This is a final scene of rage that will be the reality the day before Jesus comes back or the day that Jesus comes back. Zechariah 14, look at this. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. Jesus is coming back. But right before he comes back, all the nations of the earth will gather to battle. They will surround Jerusalem trying to wipe her off the face of the earth. That's the final scene of humanity surrounding Jerusalem, fighting for God's city and God's plan and God's man and God's people. (laughs) At the very end, all the known nations of the world will be surrounding Jerusalem to completely annihilate her. But like I alluded to earlier, God has a clear plan and strategy to combat and thwart this planned annihilation of his chosen people. What is it? Yes. What is God's main end time strategy? It's these two verses, Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. It's watchmen. God's solution is spelled out clearly right here in these two verses. It's loose praying from her car for the Jewish people. God's main end time plan is to set and appoint spiritual watchmen to choose them and set them on the spiritual walls of Jerusalem. These watchmen will mainly be Gentile believers, ones who will consistently pray to him day and night for his salvation plans and purposes for this one city and this one ethnic people group. These watchmen, put in plain terms, they're prayer warriors for Israel who will stand in the gap. Catch this. These prayer warriors will stand in the gap, curbing and diverting the wrath of the nations and the wrath of God away from his people. We will curb and divert the wrath of the nations and the very wrath of God away from the Jewish people. That's what intercessors do. These watchmen, through their prayers, will help to promote and catalyze. This is what your prayers do. They promote and catalyze mercy instead of wrath, redemption instead of resistance, and salvation instead of eternal damnation. These watchmen will become, Marissa, you can come up. These watchmen will become the spiritual gatekeepers for the city of Jerusalem. Ones who will watch his word. That's our main watching. We watch his word, John, and we take note of the current events secondarily. We watch his word and we watch the current events and then we pray into reality the myriads of glorious biblical promises that await this one city, this one nation, and this one people group. This is his solution. His solution to Israel's great end-time crisis. It's you, Frederick. It's me. It's you, Katie. And millions of other Gentile believers positioned spiritually on Jerusalem's walls. Can you see yourself on those ramparts, on those walls? Millions of believers surrounding Zion, 
At the same time that all the armies of the earth are surrounding her to destroy her, millions of believers are surrounding Zion, not to destroy and sweep her off the face of the earth, but rather surrounding her in order to dedicate her to God and sweep her up into the kingdom of God through their fervent fasting and prayer. Amen. Amen. You and me are God's solution. Now, as we close, I just want to point out I want us to take note of this beautiful symmetry. I want to say symmetry. The beautiful symmetry between verse one and these last two verses. Symmetry only the Bible could bring out and only the Holy Spirit could weave in. Guys, look at this. What started out in verse one of Isaiah 62 as God himself, remember? God himself vowed to not rest and to not shut up until all Israel is saved. Start out there. It now ends here in verses six and seven with God's own people catching his fire and catching his own commitment. These watchmen are voluntarily making the same vow that God made in verse one to not rest and to not shut up until they get a new car? No, until all Israel is saved. The Lord has set watchmen, prayer warriors on your walls, O Jerusalem. They, not the Lord, the Lord is, but they will not hold their peace day or night. Those who talk of Jesus, those who follow the Lord, will not keep silent. And they will give him no rest until he himself establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Do you see the symmetry? A verse one father, that's what it is. It's a verse one father who refuses to give up, just like my dad didn't give up on me. A verse one father who refuses to give up and won't go to sleep until his children come back home. That's what verse one is. And then verse six watchmen who also refuse to give up and go to sleep until their lost Jewish brothers and sisters come back home and rejoin the family. What beautiful symmetry. Guys, so let's respond. Let's respond to these truths right now that we've just heard. And I'm gonna be responding right along with you because there's areas of my heart that have grown cold and dull towards this issue. Mainly because I know all the facts and the verses, so sometimes it's just become head knowledge and not a burning heart reality. So I need this message. <laughs> I need this fast. Let's respond to the burning heart of God. Let's make ourselves available right now to be set by God himself on the spiritual walls of Jerusalem as spiritual watchmen. You can take that down for a second. I want to invite any in the room and any watching online or listening later, if you feel like right now, God is desiring you to be set as a watchman, as a prayer warrior for Israel, I want you to respond now to that heavenly invitation, that heavenly appointment, that heavenly choosing by standing to your feet right now. And I'm standing with you. If you're standing to your feet, you are making a public stand 
that you want to be a part of God's plan, his story, this reality. If you're standing right now or listening online, I want you to repeat after me these words. You're not talking to me or anyone else. You're talking to God with these words, okay? So even if it helps you look up or raise your head and repeat after me. Say this, here I am, God. I am making myself available before your eyes. Would you set me on the wall of Jerusalem? Would you use me? Little old me. Would you pray through me? Would you work your purposes through my whispers? Would you work your end time strategy through my little prayers? Amen. Guys, the Lord just set y'all. That wasn't practice. Like I said, that wasn't a nice little thing. The Lord just set you, not just for these three weeks, but forever. You know, we, we're not unaware of the enemy's schemes uh, when a message like this is preached. And the enemy might be saying to some of you, well, why should we be focused on the Jewish people? Why should we be praying for that nation specifically and what came to my heart while he was sharing was when they were uh israel was passing through the desert and god was going to judge them and wipe the nation out and moses got down on his face and he said but lord then the nations will say that you brought them out of egypt to destroy them in the desert and so if you don't have enough motivation because maybe in your natural heart you don't have this affection for the Jewish people, God has attached his name to Jerusalem. It's his he reputation. Has everything that he is to the Jewish people. So when we pray for them, we're praying for the glory of God's name in this world. That That's God it. would fulfill his purposes through the Jewish people and glorify his name. So the nations won't say the Jews were not his people. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's motivation enough. Jesus' reputation is on the line. And we care about his fame, his name, his glory, his reputation. His reputation, he's put his heart on the line. He's put his name and his reputation on the line with the Jewish people. <laughs> and he's done it with us too. For the fame of his name, that's enough motivation, right? But he gives us a hundred other things to motivate us too. <laughs> well, thank you all. I just want to thank y'all for responding. This was real. This was so real. I prayed for all. I prayed for all. Just remember, it's God that's doing the setting. You didn't set yourself. I didn't set you. You just made yourself available to his grace here as you have stood. It's his grace that inspires us to fast and pray for his salvation purposes for Israel and the Jewish people. And that leads me to our practical action steps 
for those of you who have responded to be spiritual watchmen for spiritual Jerusalem or for actual Jerusalem. So if you want to put some practical action and commitment to this sovereign setting that you just said yes to, here is a slide that will let you know what we are asking of all of you. All of you who choose to participate in this fast. Go back one more. We are asking all in our spiritual family who want to participate in this fast to do these simple things. They're really simple and they're so doable in the grace of God. First, sign up that you want to be a part of this fast at laketravisprayerroom.org. laketravisprayerroom.org. I know that's a long one, but it's right up there. Feel free to take a picture of this if you have your phone. You can take your phones out and take a picture of this. Sign up. It's simple. You just put your name, your email, and you check some boxes. You're going to check these three boxes if you want to do them. You can do one of the three. You can do all three. You can do two of the three. You don't have to check any of it. The Lord's leading in a different way. This is just what we're recommending and what we're inviting you into. But God is gracious. The Holy Spirit's a good leader. We're not forcing anything on anyone, including ourselves. (laughs) First, after you sign up, commit to pray one hour per day for these three weeks from May 7th to May 20th. Just take one hour a day. You can do that at your house, in your car, on break at work, during your commute, commute. Right here at the Lake Travis Prayer Room, you can come. You can go walk on the trails. I like to pray when I hike. Take an hour a day to pray for God's salvation purposes for Israel. We'll give you resources to help you. If you sign up, we will email you resources to help you with your hour. Second, we're asking for you to attend in person. Everyone say in person. At least one in-person prayer meeting per week for these three weeks. That's only three in-person prayer meetings. The future of church is not online, it's in person. It's so much easier to pray when others are praying around you. There is strength in numbers and there is strength in gathering in person. So that's the second thing. Last, commit to some measure of fasting during these three weeks. And this is fasting as the Holy Spirit leads you. You can do a water fast, only drink water for three weeks, that's the most intense. A Daniel fast. You can skip certain meals each day. I'm thinking I might skip breakfast and lunch and only eat dinner for for three weeks. Or I might fast sugar and carbs, which honestly would be harder for me because I love ice cream. No, for real. That's probably what the Lord's inviting me into and he's going to give me grace. The Lord's going to give you grace. You can even do a social media fast if you have to have food, if you're pregnant, nursing, or have another condition. So that's it. Guys, let's go for it. Sign up at the laketravisprayerroom.org. And let me assure you again, God will give you grace. He will always meet your yes with his supernatural power. And Marissa is about to sing us out. I'm gonna invite up the altar prayer teams right now. If you have any need in your life, any need, we have our altar prayer teams up here, including myself to pray with you for any need. She's about to sing us out, but before she sings us out, I want us to activate our position of being watchmen on the wall for Jerusalem by collectively praying Psalm 122 together right now to close. We're gonna pray Psalm 122 for Jerusalem right now. We're gonna envision ourselves standing. I want everyone to close your eyes. Envision yourself standing on the walls of Jerusalem like my mom and dad were standing in that picture. Picture yourself 
on the ramparts of Jerusalem, looking at the Jewish people in that city, looking at the 14 million Jews worldwide. Imagine they are right before you as you pray, because that's the reality in the spirit. 14 million Jews are in this room right now in the spirit as we pray for them by faith. The city of Jerusalem is here in this room right now by faith as we pray for them spiritually. So here's the verse. I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna invite you to pray for 30 seconds. This is gonna activate your decision in God's sovereign setting because you're actually gonna do it. You're actually gonna pray for Jerusalem right now. Okay, so I'm gonna read this verse and then we're gonna pray for 30 seconds. Altar prayer teams come up. Marissa's gonna worship us out. Here it is. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and my companions, which is you guys, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good, Jerusalem. Let's pray. 15, 30 seconds right now. Actually, let's north. East is right here. Let's face east right now. This is Jerusalem. Face this projector. 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Pray for Jerusalem. Stand up. Prince of Peace, come. We invite you to come home to Jerusalem. Baptize them with peace. Protect them from civil war. Lord, avert civil war right now. Release peace and not violence from the enemies within and the enemies without. Release peace. We speak your blood, your blood, Jesus, over Jerusalem right now. Wash them with your blood. Wash them with your blood. Amen. Guys, we just got activated. Again, come up here for any prayer needs. Go ahead, Marissa. And we're officially dismissed. Thanks for hanging with. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.